this cat brother Craig is a bad brother. Hush your mouth. But I'm talking about Hatchet. Then we can dig it. The really real deal with brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, every Saturday. Who is the Hatchet Man? Where is the Hatchet Man? Who is this Hatchet Man and where can we find him? Okay, okay. Brother Craig is the Hatchet Man and you can find him at WMTW 820 The Answer. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, on 820 AM WNTW. Now, no more water, you guys. Please. Friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And we're opening up with a little bit of birthday music here. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Stevie Wonder uh, sing to you a little bit. Right. Happy birthday to your mom. <laughs> yeah. My mother's 75th birthday uh, is today. 75 years. And uh, what a what a wonderful uh, for the last 56 of those years. I've been uh, I've had the, the, the great privilege to uh, to be the, the eldest son, uh, the eldest of five. And uh, my mother's a wonderful, wonderful lady. And uh, we we um, you know we really cherish you, mom. I want to share uh, not only with you, mom. I want to share with the audience here. Uh, you know the the theme of this program. We've been on the air for nine years, folks, and the theme has always been the people and things that make America great. And while I you know I've interviewed people literally from around the world and from every every part of this nation, uh, people doing great things. But one one of the things I often uh, try to do, uh, and, I, and I think we've succeeded at this, is I try to uh, highlight the stories of ordinary people who do ordinary things amazingly well, and uh, which in, a, in the sum total is truly the greatness of a nation, okay? Because the ordinary, everyday people, these are the people that are truly the backbone uh, you know, and the the elites, they, they call us names. They despise us. They look down their nose at us. They call us things like deplorables, uh, you know, bitter clingers. Uh, you know, the ordinary people that are that are working hard. I'm telling you, as a boy, I grew up watching this woman, uh, watched her like a hawk. I can remember being a little boy. My mother would pick me up and sit me on the counter in the kitchen, and I— as I would watch her cook and prepare meals and uh, just uh, so much. And so 
you know, I was I was going through one of my favorite parts of the Bible, the book of Proverbs, chapter 31. And we all know about the latter part of that, who can find a virtuous woman. But, and of course, that's my mother, the virtuous woman, okay? And, and, and what I learned about women and the greatness of women, the humanity of women, the beauty of women, uh, in a holy sense, I learned that watching my mother. But I'm going to read to you the entire chapter 31. And this is, these were the words of King Lemuel. And it says a prophecy that his mother taught him. Okay, so, you know, not that I'm a king. I'm just your friendly neighborhood hatchet man. <laughs> Brother Craig, normally we perform in hatchetations, but no, not today. Not today. Uh, we might do that a little later on. But anyway, this is this is what uh, King Lemuel's mother taught him. And and um, and maybe my mother didn't say this, but my mother's example uh, taught me this. And this is this is it. Uh, what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink, lest they forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine to those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Okay? So now what do we see in this first these first seven verses here? You've got someone that is supposed to understand law, understand judgment, and not have that be perverted. Okay? And you and you have other folks that they 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 may perish, they're of heavy heart, but you old King Lem, Lemuel, you're not supposed to be of heavy heart, okay? Um, next thing, open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all as such are appointed to destruction. So here, this King Lemuel, he's supposed to open his mouth. Remind you of anyone, folks? <laughs> yes, I know I have a big mouth. Yeah, but um, now the next verse this is how I'm supposed to open this mouth. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. I hope I've been doing that. Um, actually been doing this for 20 years, only nine years we've been on the air. But, you know, writing articles, giving speeches, uh, doing all the other things uh, that we do here uh, as president of the First Amendment, Inc., you know, the, these are things, and I, not only did I learn them from my mother, I learned them from my grandmother, I learned them from my elders. I learned, I learned these things, the teachers that taught me in, 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 in high school. This is where I learned all this, all this uh, conservatism, Christian faith. This is where I learned it. I learned it at my mother's knee. I learned it, uh, you know, my late grandfather, my 
my my ninety seven year old grandmother. This is this is where I learned it, you know. And uh, but now my mother, she gathered it up from my grandmother and grandfather and and handed it off to me, you know. And it's it's my job to run my leg of the race with that precious baton, uh, the wisdom of God Almighty, um, and 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 hand it off to you, uh, the audience. And so this is uh, this is where I get it from, folks. This is where I get it from. That was the the beginning of it. Okay, the beginning of it was a God fearing woman. A um, and for 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 much of those early years, a single woman. Now my mother is happily married now and has been married for what about thirty five years or so now. But when we were children, uh, the the man was not a man, you know, and so. My mother had to be mother and father. My, my mother had to work three jobs, okay? She had a day job, a night job, and on the weekends, waited tables at a little place called the Clam Casino. I bet mom didn't know that I remembered that, but yes, I remember that. And so we, we had tough times, but they were good times. And we did not even, we didn't even know we were poor. And, but we were not poor in spirit. You could eat off the floor in our house. It was so clean, you know. But these are the things I've learned from this woman. And um, I'm going to read now the, that part of uh, Proverbs 31 that many of us are, are very familiar with, okay. After, after the, the, the mother taught King Lemuel how to plead the cause of the poor and needy. Now, verse 10 says, uh, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships that bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. You see, folks, this woman is generous, hardworking, not lazy, knows how to let the sheets go and get on up out the bed and get busy. <laughs> All right. Husband can, you know, trust in her. So one of the reasons why I have such a wonderful wife is because I had this, the example to follow. So when I went seeking a wife, I would know, yeah, she's kind of like mama. Yeah. I think I'm going to get her. I'm going to take her home to mama. All right. And so this, this is the blessing and this is how it goes on generation after generation. The mother sets the standard. The son follows the standard. And then the wife repeats it. And so, and it works the same way in reverse uh, for daughters. Anyway, let me finish this. Uh, she considereth a field and buyeth it. Okay, so she's a, uh, she's a capitalist, <laughs> right? With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands to the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. So you see, folks, here you go. 
We've got folks today hating on capitalists. The capitalists are evil and greedy. And here you have right in God's holy word in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, a portrait of a woman who is a capitalist and who is generous. And that many of the uh, capitalists that I know that are successful are also generous. Okay. Who is it that you think has the extra money to donate and to give? It's this type of person. It's the type of person that portrait is being painted here in the book of Proverbs that you know, we'll purchase, you know, well, folks, you wouldn't purchase a vineyard today, but you might purchase a rental house and you, and you might go and work in that rental house with your own two hands, clean it up, paint it up, repair it, creating a home for some other person. Okay. And there is great honor in this great honor. As a matter of fact, that brings me to the next verse, strength and honor are her clothing (laughs) and she shall rejoice in time to come. Now, here's a, one of my favorite um, verses in this, in, in, in this chapter here. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. That's my mom. That's my mom. And I'm going to tell you also, that's my wife. Yes, it is. It is. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not of the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And folks, that's my mother. Okay. And so any, any of you out there that are listening, particularly if any of you are in Rico County police officers, uh, my mother worked, uh, 30 years for the Rico County police department and retired, uh, probably about 10 years or so ago, uh, worked in the training academy. Uh, 30 years in Rico Police Department. And so uh, many, uh, I'm going to tell you, I've gotten out of a many of a uh, speeding ticket because I played the mama card. <laughs> hey, officer, you know, and I start a little conversation and I bring up uh, Joyce Slade and, uh, oh, yeah, Joyce, that's your mama? Oh, going on now. And you know something? You ought to know better. <laughs> that's what he would say. And uh, anyway. We're a little bit long here. It's time for a break, but I had to open up with that. And, uh, Mom, we love you, and uh, we will see you later on today. And uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, 75th birthday uh, until we see you this evening. All right, folks, we're going to take our very first break. Let me tell you what else we have lined up for today's program. Uh, we have a fantastic guest uh, coming up at the top of the next hour, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a great, great Christian university. He wrote a book called Not a Daycare, uh, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. And so we're looking very, very much forward to that. And in the meantime, we're going to open the phone lines up. We'll take your phone calls, 804-454-1366 is the number. Anything you'd like to talk about, uh, we have the uh, the. The, the big setup in 
Charlottesville uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. We can talk about that. Uh, President Trump gave a pardon to uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. We can talk about that. Uh, we we uh, just a lot, a lot to talk about. And of course, our prayers go out to the folks in Houston, Texas. I have some friends there, and uh, we pray that they're safe. And uh, we're just going to take our break now. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, the number here, 804-454-1366, is the number, 804-454-1366. And uh, we're going to have a, a short segment here. We're coming right up here at the bottom of the uh, hour uh, news break in exactly five minutes. So, um, but... You know, a, a lot to talk about, and uh, I'd like to share with you a little bit of my thoughts on what happened in Charlottesville. Uh, horrible, horrible situation. But what I said about that situation as almost as soon as it happened, okay, uh, didn't speak on it. I didn't speak on it the very day that it happened. I wanted to wait and gather my facts as, you know, that's my habit, and um you know, it's, it's the way I did it with uh, Trayvon Martin, with the Brown boy out in Ferguson, with 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 Baltimore. I uh, and I and I followed that same pattern with Charlottesville. I like to gather my facts. I do have sources in Charlottesville uh, 
friends that I can call that uh, are are in the know. And I'm one of the first to say that this was a Democrat setup. And that's exactly what it was. This Kessler guy is an idiot. He is for sale. He is for sale to the highest bidder. Okay. Um, That makes him, in my book, that makes him a whore. He's, he is for sale, okay? You know, what, what I do, I have um, strong opinions, strong beliefs, rooted in fact, rooted in knowledge, rooted in years and years of research and, and interviews. I, I mean, I, I literally have thousands of books. Uh, you know, every week books come in the mail to my house, sometimes by the box full, okay, people that want to, Uh, be interviewed uh, on this program. And so it's not just uh, an opinion like anyone else's opinion. It's a very, very informed opinion. And I I like to take my time, gather my facts, and then speak, okay? Because I know once the words go out, you cannot unspeak them, all right? You just can't. And um, so... What I discovered was this guy Kessler was um, a member of the Occupy movement. He was a Barack Obama supporter. Uh, By his own admission, he voted for Barack Obama twice. He, you know, he's been on uh, George Soros' Occupy payroll. And so basically this is a guy who he, the way he pays his mortgage, okay, is uh, he's a he's a rabble rouser. He's a brown shirt, and so this is what's known in military terms as a false flag operation. Okay, and so they pay one of their own to set something up for these 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 crazy inbred uh, neo Nazi types. Okay, the guy that uh, drove the car through the crowd. You look at his picture, how his eyes are set close together and he looks disheveled. The guy looked semi-retarded, which I said as soon as I saw his picture. It's like, wow, this guy, look he doesn't look like he's all there. Come find out the next day, the guy was diagnosed with schizophrenia in childhood and has been on medication his whole life, all right? And... uh but anyway, we're at the bottom of the hour break. We're going to go ahead and take that break, and we're going to finish this. I'm going to really unpack Charlottesville for those who have a heart and an ear to hear. So that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm
That's right. You tell him, James Brown. This is a man's world, but it's shown enough would be nothing without our women and our girls. Uh, welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. Uh, starting our second half hour here, looking very much forward to uh, top of the next hour, Dr. Everett Piper, uh, president of um, Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, University. I hope you hang around for that. I, I think that's going to be a really, really great interview. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading his book, Not a Daycare. And uh, we need more. Uh, we need more university presidents, professors. Uh, I'm tell you the truth. We need we need Christians. We need Christian pastors. We need we need less of this uh, Reverend Chickenfoot thing uh, going on, and we need. We need more muscular Christians, all right, uh, who would just say, I mean, just like um, Dr. Piper says, this is a university. This is not a daycare, okay? And if you're going to get offended at every time we challenge you, our, our purpose is to challenge you, all right? And so that's my purpose. My purpose is to challenge you and uh, not to coddle you, not to make you feel good, okay? And so, uh, you know, and I say this with all due respect to all of these uh, poverty pimp Negro so-called leaders out here and all these pulpit pimp Negro preachers that, I mean, if, if, if a Democrat were to, you know, just drop a load in the middle of the street, they, you know, they would find a reason to make it OK. And if if a if a Republican were to spit on the sidewalk, it'd be the worst crime of the century. And so there is no they, they, they have no sense of proportionality uh no i mean even if they wanted to just uh be one-sided they're so out of whack with reality that anyone who really truly is a seeker of truth who has an ear to hear uh anyone anyone could spot these guys as fakes anyone now uh, hopefully in my case whether you agree with my take or my worldview whether you agree or whether you disagree, my goal as a starting point is that, okay, Brother Craig, you're, you're calling it like you see it. You're calling balls and strikes, okay? You're not, Brother Craig, you're not saying that, uh, you know, the Democrats, if the Democrats spit on the sidewalk, it's the worst thing in the world. Because I don't do that, folks. I don't do that. And when when folks on my side of the aisle when they go wrong i call it like i see it and i call them i call them wrong how many years have i been using the phrase low fat republican okay and you know they got the phrase wino uh rhino rather uh what did i say wino <laughs> yeah yeah they're drunk drunk on power okay rhino republican in name only You've heard that saying for many, many years, okay? And I, I coined the phrase low-fat Republican because, you know, you go in the grocery store and you see everything now, low-fat this, zero-fat that. You folks, your brain is made out of fat. As a matter of fact, your brain is made out of cholesterol. So if you have a, a, a low-fat, no-fat diet, your brain starves. You have to consume fat. And, so, and, and people don't tell you this. It's, oh, fat is bad. You know, this is, these people, whatever is good, they will say it's bad. Whatever is bad, 
they will say it's good. The world is upside down. And I call it like that whenever I see it. And I never get challenged. I mean, I had a guy called up here last week, tried to challenge me with lies. But, you know, I gave the guy 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And at the end of that 15 minutes, what did he say? Oh, you can't stand opposition, you know, because I what I didn't give because I didn't give him 20 minutes or didn't give him an hour. I gave the guy 15 minutes. Okay, he's opposition. He's an atheist. And, you know, he he took. Uh, biblical sayings totally out of context, all Old Testament stuff, and and tried to paint Christians as that because my Christian faith and me articulating my Christian faith, it offended him, okay? The, the, The Christ in me offended that demon, okay? And I'm not gonna apologize for calling the man a demon, all right? Now, I did call him something like, (laughs) <laughs> last week that I should not have called him. I do apologize for that, okay? <laughs> and uh, not only to him, but to you, the listener, all right? Uh, you know, as a watchman on the wall, I, you know, I have to be a little bit more, well, actually, I have to be a lot more in, in, in control of myself. There's certain things that the opposition can do that we cannot do, all right? And that's just a, that's just a fact of the matter. Uh, you know, and this is what I've been trying to get, Republicans, uh, Christians, conservatives, members of my coalition, uh, another phrase I coined, the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition. We are a group of people that we have beliefs. We believe in things that are real, that are solid, that are provable, that are historic. We're the party of science. We're the party of math. Okay, Uh, One plus one to us equals two. It does not equal 11 or it does not equal what you wish it equaled. One plus one equals two. That's the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. Okay. And that you find that in Christian faith, that we have to be people of truth. You find that in conservatism, you, you're conserving the idea that your rights and freedoms come from God. You know, you find that in, in the constitution, the constitution is an agreement. It's a contract between, uh, the, the, the people that are in authority and the people that are under authority because our form of government is rulership by the consent of the governed. We give our consent. So we're not slaves, we're not serfs, we're not property. And so since we're not slaves, serfs, and property, and since we're free, then we get to choose who our servants are in authority. Okay, they're not rulers. They're not to rule us. They are to govern us. There is a key difference in the Democrat Party. The neoliberals, they have a totally different idea and they make up two different stripes of people. One are the people that are that know that they're liars and they're in power and that they benefit from all this chaos. They benefit when they do a big, ugly setup like they did in Charlottesville that got a woman killed. Okay, they benefit from that. Terry McAuliffe benefited from that. The mayor of uh, Charlottesville benefited from that. They, they, they benefit because what they get to do, and the, the real reason they get to do it is because there's no pushback from Republicans. There's no pushback from Christians. I'm, I'm literally the only 
Christian conservative constitutionalists or Republican or whatever you want to call, you know, uh, us, you know, for lack of a better term, on the right side of the aisle. Okay, not, you know, these jokers that call themselves on the right, but we who are truly on the right. I'm literally the only one that many of these issues gives pushback and I have to give pushback by myself. I've been doing it for years. Okay, and folks think the Republican Party loves Brother Craig. (laughs) You got another thing coming. The average ordinary Republican may love Brother Craig, but not the Republican Party. Okay, not the Republican Party. They certainly didn't like the article I wrote uh, about who's an onion toter and who's toting a set of blueberries. Okay, because the Republican Party, you can read about uh, most of these people in God's holy word, in the book of Numbers, okay? You can read about them, all right? When Moses sent the 12 men out to spy out the promised land and to bring back a report, and and it gets to the point, okay, whose report are you going to believe? Modern updated version, you can believe Brother Craig's report or you can believe the report of the grand old Republicans, the low-fat Republicans, the Republicans in name only. You can believe their report, the semi-Christians, Reverend Chickenfoot, all right? These people that they want to just live their Christian faith in their prayer closet, and that's it. And I say, is if it's okay to take my Christian faith into my marriage, if it's okay to take my Christian faith and teach my children, if it's okay to take my Christian faith into my business dealings, If it's okay to take my Christian faith when I sit down at the dinner table, and I'm not talking about just the prayer I offer up to the Lord for the bounty, but in in the choice of what I put into this temple. If it's okay to take my Christian faith in all these places, why in the name of God is it not okay for me to take my Christian faith into politics? Now, how many years have we been told by these people that, oh, you got to leave that alone? You can't win elections if you're going to talk about abortion. I was almost aborted. Why? So what? I can't. I was, you know, my mother chose to have me. I was born in a very, very incongenial circumstance. I can't afford that to another child in the womb that all that child wants to do is be born. That's all that child wants is to be born. Have you ever seen a video of a needle going inside of a woman's womb and you see the baby back up? Have you ever seen? I suggest you Google that and take a look at it. When they send that vacuum tube in there or that needle in there, the baby backs up. The baby wants to live. That's all the baby wants. They might want something else once it lives, but for right now, it just wants to live, okay? Like anyone else wants to live. These people would treat a dog better than they would treat a baby in the womb. And the grand old Republicans, full of fear, full of fear, came back to Moses with an evil report. Oh, Moses, we cannot take the promised land. We can't. These people are of great stature. We were like grasshoppers to them. And since we're like grasshoppers and quote unquote, this is what the Bible says now. Since we are like grasshoppers in our eyes, we must be like grasshoppers in their eyes. 
And so this is the this is the problem we have, folks. This is the whole problem with society right now. And I, again, I, I, you know, if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. I have it bears repeating. Okay, who do you blame when society goes off the guardrails? Okay, you have a zookeeper that you hire. You vote for these people. You donate to these people. You knock doors and make phone calls for these people. And they, these are just these are the ones that are elected. Okay. You empower these people. You empower the college professors with your the money that you send along with your children. You do this. You empower Hollywood because you buy the movie tickets. You empower all the leaders. You empower Reverend Chickenfoot because you show up to Reverend Chickenfoot's church and you listen to him go in his mild-mannered Christianity, the half gospel, and he never, ever says anything tough or controversial, but you come back week after week after week, and you put money in the plate. So you empower all these people, and now you're complaining, okay? So do you complain if this was a zoo and the alligator got out and bit someone? Are you angry at the alligator, or are you angry at the zookeeper? You hired the zookeeper. I don't care what part of culture. I don't care what part. You, John Q. Public, you hired him. Maybe not directly, but indirectly. Okay? Even by your silence. Your silence is consent. And so, what to do about it? Again, God's holy word. Book of Isaiah, the watchman on the wall. Keep not silent. Keep not silent. I'm telling you, folks, your silence is consent. That brings me back to what I was talking about at the bottom of the hour with these brother cousins uh, out there in um, in Charlottesville that, that they hearkened the call to this false flag operation that the Democrats set up, Okay. It's just like a, a, a trap, all right? It's like if you want to kill cockroaches in your house, you uh, clean your kitchen up and you put a little trap right in the middle of the floor, okay? You take an empty can or an empty something and you put some food down in it. And you close the, you shut the lights out, and then when you come back, that box, that can or whatever, it will be full of roaches, and you can just spray, you can kill them. It's a trap. It's a trap, okay? And this is what the this is what the Democrats did. They have convinced people that the Ku Klux Klan, the Nazis, all this is these are Republicans. This is what they've convinced the illiterate, the illiterate people out here that do not study, that do not know, the people that they have been in charge of their education for fifty years. So mean for the for for at least two generations. These Democrats, they've educated your mama and your daddy, and now they've educated the young. And it's almost like, okay, where is wisdom? You know, I, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, Jeremiah speaking in the wilderness. Literally sometimes, okay? But back to this idea of silence, of consent, 
this idea of a Democrat setup that I spoke it out very early on. And now you're seeing articles in Washington Post, Washington Times, New York Times. You know, you're seeing articles all over the place that this guy Kessler was uh, he he was an Obamaite. He's on George Soros's payroll. So he calls these 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 inbred freaks to come out of the woodwork a nationwide call and only could get about 200 of them. But these same people would tell you that uh, these this is the group of people that elected Donald Trump. And see, this is all politics. And I have a question. If this is politics, if this is how the Democrats fight, and trust me, folks, this is how the Democrats fight, all right? This is how they fight. They don't fight fair. The devil doesn't play fair. The Democrats don't play fair. Fair is not in their vocabulary. It's how to win. It's how to lie. Jesus had the nerve to call them just like you read the book of John. Ye are of your father the devil. He was a liar in the beginning and the father of lies. Now, why won't the good reverend quote that? Jesus did it in his day. They want to give you one half of, of uh, you know, for example, when the, the woman who was an adulteress, when they wanted to stone her to death, and Jesus says, he, you let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That's the, that's, the, that's the side of Jesus they want to preach. So that means you're supposed to let everybody off the hook. No, the person at the bottom, Jesus let that person off the hook with this caveat. Go and do what, folks? You, you know what he said, sin no more. He didn't say go and keep doing what you're doing because we're going to let you off the hook tomorrow and next week and the week after that. Go and sin no more. Go, but stop doing what you've been doing. Change your life. And I'm in agreement with that, and I think all Christians are in agreement with that. That is a foundational principle of Christian faith. But when you're in a a warfare mode, you can't treat your enemy like that. Because Jesus did not do that with those that opposed him. Which were who? Those in religious leadership, okay? Those in what? Authority. So for those in authority, Jesus had a different standard. He called it like he saw it. You are a liar. There is no truth in you. You're doing the will of your father, the devil. So... If I'm correct in my assessment of what happened in Charlottesville, and and trust me, folks, I am correct, and anyone that wants to challenge me, 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366 is the number. If you want to challenge my assertion that this was Terry McAuliffe, there were, folks, there were uh, 1,000 first responders in Charlottesville. Terry McAuliffe, out of his own mouth, said, we've been planning this for months. And so you had 300 state troopers, you had the Charlottesville police, you had National Guardsmen. So you had some major, major power there. This could, that girl's life could have been saved. And I'm going to advocate that the family 
file a lawsuit against the state of Virginia, against Terry McAuliffe, against the city of Charlottesville, against the mayor of Charlottesville, against the chief of police, against the commandant or whatever you call the person that's in charge of the National Guard. And I don't care, you know, if some left-wing atheist judge wants to throw it out and say, oh, well, you don't have standing, You you can't file a suit on this one, fine, let them say that. But file the lawsuit. Because that is who is at fault for that uh, young woman being dead. That's who is at fault. You see, because Jesus went after those in authority more so than those at the bottom. But what these Democrats are doing, they flipped that thing around. They're going after the brother cousin, the guy that's on schizophrenic, been on medication his whole life. Now, I'm not excusing him, but this is what they do when one of these left-wingers does something, they all, oh, they sing the sad song, oh, he didn't have a daddy, he was on medication, he didn't have a job, he was depressed, yada, yada, yada. Now, this guy's daddy died before he was born. A, a drunk driver hit his daddy, and, you know, the boy, he's diagnosed, and you know how it is with these people with uh, ADHD, rather than it, and boys are just being boys. But what these Democrats that run the uh, government-controlled schools do is the boys, they put them on Ritalin. That's what they did, drug them up. And then when they grow up and want to use drugs, they throw them in jail. But yet and still, the, the Democrat judge throws you in jail when you're 18, but when you're 6, the Democrat social worker and the Democrat psychiatrist, they put you on drugs. So this is all a Democrat creation. The Democrat Party created the Ku Klux Klan. The Democrat Party is the party of um, the, the trail of tears and death with Andrew Jackson, the founder of the modern Democrat Party. They're the party of murder and destruction and, and one group over another group. They're the party of that. The Republican Party is the party of freedom, the party of anti-slavery, the party of the women's right to vote. And yet and still, we can't get former Governor Jim Jim Gilmore. We can't get former Governor Bob McDonald. We can't get um, former Governor, um, oh, what's his name from Charlottesville, Um, George Allen. We can't get three former Republican governors to come together at a press conference and denounce this and call Terry McAuliffe out by name for a setup. I have to do it. Why is that? Why, why, why does the hatchet man have to do it? What is wrong with these Republicans? They don't have a spine. They're going to sit back and let the Democrat Party put their leader up there, Jason Kessler, the Democrat, run a false flag operation, get a get 200 brother cousins together, a bunch of losers. And one of these crazy guys drives a car through the street and they all of a sudden they're going to paint all of us with that lie. When it's the this was the old Democrats fighting the new Democrats and the new Democrats are what? Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the new thugs who do the same thing that the old thugs did. They hide their faces. The Ku Klux Klan wore white hoods. Antifa wears black bandanas that they pull over their faces. It's the same thing, folks. 
And the only reason they're not lynching is that everyone has a smartphone today and they can't get away with it. So they just destroy property. They'll kill a few here and there every now and then. Typically, they want to kill a police officer. This poverty pimp Negro woman, so-called leader, who is a state senator in Missouri, called for Trump to be assassinated. One of their Democrat uh, little demons heard the call to assassinate. He could not get to President Trump, so he assassinated who he could get to, two police officers. And this is what happens. Obama puts this type of mess out. Jesse Jackson puts it out. Al Sharpton puts it out. This chick in Missouri puts it out. Oh, white people are evil. Policemen are evil. Somebody needs to do something. So some wannabe hero, he goes and he assassinates a police officer. They did it in Baltimore. They did it in New York. Now they've done it again in Florida. And not a single Republican leader will step to a microphone and call it like it is. They leave it to me. And these same people, they ignore this program. This program that you listen to, they ignore. You ever notice that the, the political ads, they don't, they don't purchase ads to support this program. They don't do it. But yet and still, I'm out here carrying their water week after week after week, promoting the Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition. And I'm going to keep doing it with them or without them. That has to be the last word for this first hour. On the other side of the break, folks, we're going to have Dr. Everett Piper, author of Not a Daycare. We will be right back. Here's the best news and talk. AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program as we listen to a little bit of James Brown there talking about it's a man's world. And, uh, folks, we have a real, we have not just a, a man's world guest, we have a shown off man's world guest, okay? You know how we country boys get down. Shown off means big time. <laughs> we have with us, folks, as promised, Dr. Everett Piper. Uh, Dr. Piper is president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a great Christian university. And, uh, and you know, I'm real big on that, folks. And uh, he wrote a fantastic book, Not a Daycare, based on 
an essay he wrote a couple of years ago to one of those snowflake uh, students of his, uh, you know, hey, snap out of it, Jack. This is not a daycare. This is a university. And uh, Dr. Piper, that thing went viral. And uh, and I guess your life has not been the same since, has it? <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. And yeah, uh, a little bit of attention uh, that I didn't expect. That, yeah. that essay that you referred to that it served as the foundation for this new book, actually had three and a half million views over the course of a couple weeks. Wow. And as you know, the context, the context for it was, you know, I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to comfort you. I'm not going to pat you on the head and give you a participation trophy. This is actually a place where I expect you to grow up and learn. Mm-hmm. I want you to be a man of character. I'm not going to sit around and make you feel comfortable in your sanctimony or your self-actualization or your narcissism. So yeah. I said, you know, this is a place where I want you to learn. <laughs> it's, a, it's, not, it's a university. It's not a daycare. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. We need, we need more men like you, I'm telling you, uh, in academia. Uh, and, you know, I'm the school choice advocate at the Virginia Christian Alliance here in Virginia. And, uh, you know, my, my big issue is that if all the schools uh, would just advertise exactly what they are. If you at your school advertises to parents, parents, this is how we're going to treat your children. And all the other schools advertise exactly what they're going to do. And, you know, and we, on a certain level, we do that with colleges, but not the schools that prepare college students. Do you think if we were to actually do that, uh, is the, is the state of the country such that more parents would actually choose to have people like yourself teaching their children? Well, I would hope so. I would hope so. And I do think your point is spot on. However, I would challenge it to another level and say a lot of the marketing and advertising that's coming out of the schools right now is fraudulent. In Mm. other words, don't believe the four-color brochure that a college or university puts out. Mm. Many of these schools will fancy themselves and promote themselves as Christian institutions. But when you pull back the cover of the book, if you will, you're going to find out they've hired faculty that don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. They've got faculty and staff that don't believe that sexual morality should be affirmed uh, with regard to the definition of a male and definition of a female, the definition mm-hmm. of what it means to be a moral man and a, and, and a virtuous woman. They don't teach that any longer because they don't hold a high view mm-hmm. of Scripture. Well, I, I can show you some preachers that don't believe that. Years of- yeah, yeah they're, they're well, churches, they're and, churches and, and, that don't believe that now. Absolutely. And, what, and, and, I would say, and I would say that the fault may come back to my industry because what's taught today in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in the church. And when we send our kids off to colleges and universities that stand against a high view of Scripture, stand against the church, try to tear it down rather than build it up, Mm. then why in the world are we surprised when we get leaders in our churches that actually don't understand that the Bible is true? Right, right. And that's that's where we are. And I'm telling you, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. I didn't get a chance to quite finish the whole book, but I'm telling you, what what I read, you, you are spot on. Folks, you've got to get this book, Not a Daycare, and uh, the devastating consequences of abandoning truth. I mean, you go back into the history of the colleges, and I mean, I love the chapter where uh, I think it was the prodigal, uh, the prodigal university, where you, you delineate all of the top colleges, uh, what their motto was, and how all these colleges 
were founded by Christians. And uh, back in the late 19th century and all throughout the 20th century, one by one by one, these colleges flipped from their original mandate to make moral people and, and went from that model to a model of, uh, I guess you'd call it a, being a technocrat. Absolutely. And the, the poster child for your point that you just made, and it is in that chapter, is that if you go back to Harvard, the first university in the United States, it was founded in a Judeo-Christian ethic, a biblical worldview. Its original mission statement called to, quote-unquote, lay Christ at the bottom as the foundation of all learning. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Berkeley on the West Coast right now that fancies itself as the birthplace of the free speech movement, to this day, Berkeley's motto is, let there be light. Mm-hmm. So from Berkeley to Brown, you have universities that were founded in a biblical worldview, and we've walked away from it. We've walked away from our heritage, our inheritance, if you will. We're wallowing around in the pig slop of post-modernity like the prodigal son. It's time that we recognize that the only solution is to return home to our Father, who gave us the truth, the veritas, Latin for truth, in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, words mean things. And like you said, the, uh, when you look at the, 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 the color brochure from these colleges and they say one thing, they practice, practice another. Uh, you know, we throw words around like liberal and conservative. You know, I choose to use neoliberal because a true liberal, I mean, now what if there's, I don't know if there are any true liberals left that still call themselves liberals, but what if there's a liberal that calls him his or herself a liberal and we're attacking well, liberals? And the, would that person think we're attacking them, if we don't use the the proper terminology, uh, and, and and same thing with a conservative, to you know they've convinced people that a conservative is a person that has cement between their ears, and there uh, never a new idea can get in. When we really want to just conserve the idea that our nation was created as a place where our rights and freedoms are gifts from God, and not something that our fellow man is to determine. Absolutely. Classical liberalism, classical liberalism would go back to, let's say, Oxford some 1,000 years ago. Why was it founded as a liberal arts institution? It was because it believed in an education of a free man, a free woman, a free society, a free culture. It believed in liberty and liberation, freedom and justice. And if you fast forward, that's why we have liberal arts institutions in the United States. A classical liberal, you are a classical liberal, I am a classical liberal, and as conservatives who believe in conserving the time-tested truths of God, we're more liberal, if you will, than our left-of-center counterparts because we believe that you can have that liberty only within the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture, the fences of freedom, if you will, that G.K. Chesterton tells us of. Classical liberals today are really the bold and unapologetic conservatives who con- who conserve the time-tested truths of God. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is it in what is it in the Christian ethic? You know, I think it comes to preaching the half gospel. Uh, really, what what it boils down to the 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 uh, maybe the the uh, some people call it the feminine side versus the masculine side of God's nature. But w- we seem to have an aversion to speaking truth forcefully and you know and i call these people that have ruined this nation where they've infiltrated everything i think the first thing they infiltrated was the educational system from uh from came over after world war ii from germany uh then they they infiltrated 
Hollywood and they've infiltrated every facet of America that is in the business of formulating culture. And I call them the coalition of evil, the communists, the socialists, the fascists, the atheists, the Muslim fundamentalists, the radical environmentalists, radical homosexuals. And, you know, what is it about Christians and conservatives that we can't agree that this is the case and call it like it is so that people that don't understand will recognize it? I think, I think we've been brainwashed into a low view of Scripture rather than a high view of Scripture. We rest on our feelings rather than biblical facts. Shoot, we are honoring our feelings and worshiping our feelings more today than biological facts. Take, for mm-hmm. example, the confusion over the female. We've allowed our culture and our church to dumb down the definition of a female to nothing but a feeling rather than a biological fact, so that any time a dysphoric male wants to raise his hand on a given day and say, I am one, somehow that's so? It's Gnosticism. It's modern-day Gnosticism where we deny the fact we deny the physical, we deny the biological, we deny the scriptural because we have a higher feeling or a higher understanding and a higher knowledge of what we really are. We're dumbing down the definition of the Imago Dei, the image of God, to little more than the Imago Dog, where we follow our feelings and our base instincts and our appetites and our inclinations, and we define ourselves that way. That is not the biblical definition of a human being. It's a Gnostic definition of the human being, and the church, and the church with a capital C, has been drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, it's like uh, the age-old difference between being a man or woman of the spirit versus being a man or woman of the flesh, and it's been put on steroids. Yes, absolutely. We, one of the things that I get challenged by for this message right now is that it's too strident, it's too firm, it's too confrontational. You need to comfort and coddle people more of this, because that's the yeah. Christ-like way. And I say nonsense. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us he, that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Right. Love and discipline is not antithetical. It's hand in glove. And if we are afraid to stand in somebody's way and say, stop, because we want to tolerate them, tolerance is an inferior ethic. Yeah. It says, I don't care about you, do what you want. Mm. Love is a superior ethic. It says, I care deeply, stop. Right, right. And, I mean, biblically, uh, a man who does not correct his son does not love him. And they, uh, they, and I think the apostles, uh, some of them rather, at some point told Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can follow it? <laughs> and so, I mean, the, the, it just seems to be, human nature to 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 have a desire to do the easy soft weak thing and uh and i say god bless you for being man enough to stand and uh, and take the arrows and uh now have you had to take many arrows you know it's interesting um we've done a statistical analysis of the comments on this message 97 percent are positive three percent are negative but the interesting thing the poster child for the 97% positive is the atheist, the secularist, who's writing me and saying, I don't agree with your religion and I don't like your politics, but thank you for saying what you said. It needed to be said. Carry on. Good for you. It's the church that's writing me and saying, shame wow. on you. Too strident, too harsh. So the atheist is saying, good for you. The church is saying, shame on you. <laughs> and we're ignoring the fact that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now that, uh, man, that, you know, that. Wow, that's—and and you know the sad thing is, 
I'm not surprised. Okay, that's the really, really sad thing. I'm not surprised because I've for years I've been calling a lot of these preachers Reverend Chickenfoot. Okay, that's 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 my term. <laughs> and when I say Reverend Chickenfoot, folks know what I mean. <laughs> now, well, you're right. Yeah, we we're close to the uh to the end of our interview here, and it's been great having you. But I I really have to ask you this uh this this one question about uh. Trump, your stance on Trump can't come speak uh, at your university. And again, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Everett Piper. Uh, he's uh, author of Not a Daycare, and he's president of Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, University. Remember that. Write it down. Oklahoma Wesleyan University. This is a place. This is a man to whom you can trust your children. Okay. Uh, now, you um with this, this issue with Trump, okay, I was very early on a, a, a Ted Cruz guy, but when Trump showed up with a bigger set of onions than Ted Cruz and he got the nomination, I immediately, immediately became a Trump guy and even predicted that Trump would, would beat my guy Cruz out. Uh, I even wrote an article predicting that, even though I, I was hoping Cruz could pull it out. So now Trump is president, okay? So if we look biblically and we see david a, a man after god's own heart he killed he fornicated committed adultery moses killed paul killed and persecuted when he was saul okay um and, and we could go on and on throughout the bible uh, look at uh, jacob and esau you know we love capitalism we think capitalism is moral but jacob weaseled his uh brother esau's birthright and Esau despised it and willingly gave it up. Okay, so we, we have all these things here, but God did what? Used every last one of these people. So if God can use sinners and people who fall short, why can't we? I agree with you. And uh, the article you're referring to I wrote during the primaries was right after Jerry Falwell endorsed Trump. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was very much Ted Cruz. And I felt the church needs to stand with those men that share our values. No, I won't endorse somebody who publicly seems to refute and represent the opposite of our values. So right. I said, uh, I'm not going to trump my morality by supporting somebody who's antithetical to Oklahoma Wesleyan's stance mm -hmm. on sexual morality, on the biblical ethic. When Trump won the primaries, I... I refused to criticize him and refused to continue to comment negative about him. So I agree with you. In fact, I'll close with this. Oz Guinness told me while I was studying in Oxford, if you want freedom, always vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. And the Republican platform, in my view, the conservative platform is a platform of covenantal responsibility mm -hmm. and relationships. It's not a hierarchy of top-down telling you what to do. Amen. So I think we always vote for the covenant, regardless regardless of who's on the top of the ticket, because mm -hmm. a covenant will bring more freedom than a hierarchy every time. Right, right. And, uh, you know, now will, will Trump get an invitation to speak? I'm going to tell you, I know what it's not like not <laughs> to be allowed to speak as a conservative. I'm a VCU graduate. I can't I can't give a speech at VCU. Even my high school, Charles City High School, I can't speak at my high school, okay? And all, all I want to do is is give back to these places that gave so much to me. 
And uh, and I'm like uh, Ben Carson and Condi Rice in that regard. I get called Uncle Tom. I get called a, a stupid ass nigga. I mean, this is what I get called. And, you know, it's 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 just it's 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 heartbreaking because I see so much of a need for these students to be exposed to uh, ideas that are different, that maybe my ideas might make some of the administrators uncomfortable, but they should be rearing up students who are able to process things that are different, that are difficult, that are, that are hard. And maybe uh, like you on a gold mine, uh, 99% of the gold mine is dirt. 1% is gold. And if you can't stand dealing with dirt, you're never going to get the gold or the diamond. I agree with you, and and this ideological fascism that you're confronted with in your circles is the opposite of academic freedom, intellectual freedom. Yes. And to answer your question very forthrightly, if the President of the United States wants to speak on my campus, he is more than welcome to speak on my campus. I would honor his position, and I would celebrate that. And if he has a view or shares a view that I don't agree with, we would debate it afterwards, and we would deal with it in a civil and respectful fashion. But yes. The president. <laughs> okay, spoken like a true scholar. By the way, you you've you've done yourself very well, doctor. <laughs> yeah, I you know I I greatly well yeah I I greatly appreciate you uh you know sharing with our audience here. I really do, and uh, and folks, I highly recommend this book. And uh, and folks, really, you need two books, okay? And if your child has already gone off to college, you just take the second copy and you put it in the mail. You know, because I know you're going to be sending them money and maybe a care package or whatever. Uh, you know, if, if your child is still home with you, get them a copy of this book, not a daycare. Uh, you really, really uh, have to get it. Uh, any last words you want to share with our audience, how folks can uh, check you out, check out your, your fantastic university, uh, when, when are uh, visitation days? Um, first of all, go to... Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Google it. It's www.okwu.edu. And if you want to check out my book, go to notadaycare.com. It's notadaycare.com. I'd love you to buy the book. And obviously, any day is a visitation day at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. We'd love to entertain everybody that wants to find an institution that's unapologetic about the truth of Christ and truth of Scripture. Amen to that. Uh, brother, we need more college presidents like you. <laughs> I hope you're replicating yourself. <laughs> well, you've been gr- very gracious and blessings to you. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored. Okay. God bless you, sir. And uh, you be blessed and continue to do great things. All right. Blessings to you. All Bye. right. Bye now. Well, all right. That was, um, hey, you know, it, it, it's the thing spoke for itself. OK, the book, uh, not a daycare. Uh, we really, really do need uh, more men like this. And, uh, you know, and as far as uh, here locally, uh, folks uh, will not have the hatchet man come speak. Uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of places where the hatchet man has been welcome to speak. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, and, you know, it's a crying shame that. You know, I can get invited to get on an airplane and fly 2,000 miles to give the 9-11 address all the way in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but I can't go 30 minutes, a 30-minute drive to Charles City High School, or I can't go a 15-minute drive to Virginia Commonwealth University to, to speak. 
You know, that really, really says a lot. But anyway, uh, I'll open the phone lines up. We, we're real close to our bottom of the hour break. But uh, anyone that would like to uh, chime in on the interview you just heard, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. And, uh, and, you know, and I hope the president does come there. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, maybe after I load this episode into uh, – our SoundCloud account. Uh, I'll see if I can tweet it out uh, to uh, at Donald Trump or what is it? Real Donald Trump or at Donald Trump? We- we'll figure it out. Okay, we'll figure it out and uh, we'll tweet this interview out to the president. And uh, you never know. Maybe the president will go there. Uh, hey, I'd love to. I, hey, I should have asked him if uh, I could come there to speak. I'd love to go there to speak. Uh, but sounds like a really, really. Uh, great institution, uh, Dr. Piper doing great things. Uh, we really need uh, more institutions uh, like that. And, um, you know, and, and again, school choice is the key, uh, is the answer. And uh, this is why I am the school choice advocate at the Virginia Christian Alliance. And uh, I pray for the day that we, we get enough people to um, – Stand with us now. We want to welcome Jeff to the program. Jeff, you're on live with your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. What's on your mind? How you doing, Brother Craig? I talked to you last week. Yes, I hope you yes. had a good week. I had a great week. I hope you heard my apology for my harsh language. I I, I did not hear that, but uh, well, I, I did comment on your Facebook page, and I I mentioned on it that I, I knew I caught you off guard. And uh, that, uh, but I did, I did give you 15 minutes. I can't do that every, every time, but I do appreciate that. So I will get to my point if that's okay. Yeah, please do. We got a minute. All right. All right. Uh, you were talking earlier about the uh, how the Bible is against abortion and killing children and stuff. Uh, Uh, I have a different point. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Jeff. Okay. Um, I I don't look, we're not going to go into Old Testament of uh you know what was done um i am a christian jesus is the holy trinity the father son the holy ghost they're all the same i can't help it if you worship somebody that suffers from multiple personality syndrome okay it's in the bible you know all right have a nice day jeff uh i mean this it just at some point folks you have to draw the line you know try to be nice to these people But uh, anyway, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, we have uh, James from Richmond is on the line. And um, hey, 804-455. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, we want to welcome James to the program. James, what's on your mind? How are you, sir? I'm actually, I live not far from your old high school out there in Charles City. I live over in Quentin. Oh, okay. Uh, just out of habit, say Richmond whenever somebody asks me where I'm from because nobody oh, okay. has heard of Quentin. Now, did you uh, did you play uh, any sports uh, for New Kent in high school? 
No, I grew up, I grew up in Chesterfield. I, I live oh, over okay. there now. I run a small company helping the elderly, oh, uh, okay. disabled. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought we might have uh, bumped heads on the football field or something. <laughs> that was all. <laughs> look, the biggest game of our season, and in, uh, in I played football, basketball, and ran track. The biggest game was always New Kent. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we had some epic battles, I tell you. And <laughs> Anyway, what's on your mind today, sir? Well, I've, I've got the pleasure of listening to your show a couple times, and I enjoy listening to it, and I just wanted to thank you for your faithfulness. And, oh, thank uh, you. I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That, those words warm my heart. I really appreciate it. You know, radio is a lonely thing sometimes. You, you wonder uh, you know, you sit behind this microphone, and it's not like you know when I give a speech, there's an audience right in front of me. And uh, but it's uh, you know it's kind of a strange thing with with radio. The same thing when I do television, which we're gonna do uh, six weeks coming up in uh, uh, October and November. Uh, you know, I'll be back on Comcast. But it's uh, you you never know uh, what's going on out there. So I, I really appreciate that feedback. And, uh, as a matter of fact, anyone out there, we have open lines, 804-454-1366, Now go, go right ahead. You take care, buddy. Oh, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, that oh. was it. I just wanted to thank you. <laughs> well, you Sometimes know, Sometimes we forget to do that. Oh we man. To thank people. That's oh, all I wanted. Okay. I, I greatly appreciate it, man. You, God bless you. And, God bless you. All right. Bye now. Okay. All right. And, uh, well, a lot uh, a lot happening in the news. And, again, the number 804-454-1366. That was very kind of him. <laughs> I thought he wanted to get on one of the uh, issues in the news here. And I think prior to, prior to uh, getting the guest on, we were talking about what happened in Charlottesville. And, uh, and I wanted to sort of reiterate my position that, the, the whole idea of having uh, a thing called an elder statesman. I mean, what is an elder statesman? That's, that's an elder who is statesmanlike and who, when, in, when it's needed, will make a statement. So we have all these elders uh, who won't make a statement. Okay, so where, where are the preachers that are in their 80s? Where are the former governors? Where are the former senators? Okay, where is former Senator Warner? Where, where is former Governor Allen? Where is former Governor Gilmore? Where is former Governor McDonald? Okay? Where, where, where are these people, these, form, these retired congressmen? Where are these people on this issue? The Democrats are trying to rip Virginia apart and trying to falsely attach uh, the Klan and all these other isms that basically what all of them are is empowering government to rule your life. And we who are Christians and conservatives and Republicans, we believe in the greatest minority of them all, the individual. We believe the individual is autonomous because our rights don't come from government. They come from God. And so we, you know, I I think we need these people to speak up. We need these people to speak up. They need to come and they need to say, Terry McAuliffe, you're wrong, okay? You're wrong, Terry McAuliffe. And it's, the, it's just like I can remember back when, um, when uh, there, there was a, uh, a, a, a race between, the race between McAuliffe and Cuccinelli. And uh, former 
President Clinton and all the Democrats came to a high school in Richmond, and I called for a group of uh, protesters to come out and protest, and I made this great big sign up with Terry McAuliffe and his connection to Bill Clinton and all the dirty Chinese money because Terry McAuliffe ran Bill Clinton's uh, money operation for his reelection efforts, and no one showed up. I had to do it by myself. Okay, I had a bunch of flyers, ran out of flyers, I gave all the flyers out and walked around that building in in a rectangle toting that sign and no one came. No one. Okay? And so this is just ridiculous. Now, the Democrats, they will do that in a heartbeat, but Republicans won't do it. And it's it's ridiculous. And we want to say hi and welcome to the program to uh brother Romney. Brother Romney, what's on your mind? The radio is a lonely place. Sometimes you feel like you're alone, but you know, I, I listen to you every Saturday. Oh, my God wife bless listens you. to you every Saturday. My boss listens to you every Saturday. Oh, you man. They work with me, listen to you every Saturday. They love the hatchet man. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I know. I want to encourage you in the Lord. Come on. So look, because when you stand for the things of God, this is what it, when I was ordained, the man told me, he gave me the charge, when you stand for what's right in the Word of God, you will be persecuted. Yes. Oh, they're not going to let you come to VCU. What are you talking about, man? You're going to be persecuted. That's right. how you know you're doing right. Okay. <laughs> if, if nobody persecutes you, you're not making you, You're not doing anything. Right. You, 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 you're Reverend Chickenfoot, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't be him. We can't be no, that joker. you're doing right. You bring, look, you're cutting. The devil can't stay in you. Oh. Look, Jesus said, "Those that live godly, in, look, those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted." Right, right. You're going to be persecuted. Expect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expected. And he I'm also said, "They persecuted. They hated me. They're going to hate you." They hate you. So, yeah, yeah. That's how you know you're doing right. Mm, so that's that's why Jeff has called me two weeks in a row. <laughs> 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 I want to get on the liberal for a second, this liberal thing, how they're seeking to divide the country. Neo-liberals. Neo, neo neoliberals. Neo, the neoliberals right. Not the, yeah, uh, right. The neoliberals, they want to divide because they have nothing else. Exactly. They can't they win the else. argument with how great their ideas are, so they have, right. to, they have to use hatred and division, and you got to oppose these people because they're full of hate, and they are the real haters. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You better look. They, cl- they claim to be the inclusion, the party of inclusiveness. Oh, we bring in the. Don't include me. Do they include you? No. <laughs> 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 <They don't include>. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, see, the whole time they're the secular humanist. Yeah. They, they, they want to eliminate God. Right. Yes. Make man number one. Well, that's a bad formula right Violating there. Violating the first commandment right there. And they violate all ten of them. But they start out the out the they start out with a bang. There is no God. You have no other gods before me. Exactly. So, well, get rid of the Ten Commandments. They got rid of prayer out of school. Then mm-hmm. so, they implemented abortion. And now we wonder why God is allowing enemies to come up against us. Right, right, right. So, and I'm those and look, and the enemies, they believe in their God, their fake God. Oh, yeah that tells them it's okay to cut people's heads off, that it's okay. It's even okay to lie, okay? Ooh, and they got the, the nerve to call it holy deception. And, and you know, and see, and for you out there in the audience who are Democrats, 
This is your Democrat Party. They taking a page out of the Quran, not the Bible, that it's okay to lie to you. It's okay oh. to take Jason Kessler, hold him up as a as a right-wing conservative Republican when they know full well he's been on George Soros's payroll. He's an Obama supporter, Obama voter, an Occupy Wall Street uh, implementer. He's And then in January, he switches over and forms this group because the next game is, okay, this is how we're going to take Trump out. We're going to call the brother cousins. You know what a brother cousin is, Romney? No, I don't. You don't know what a brother cousin is. Brother cousin? Yeah. A guy, he is his brother, and he's his own brother and cousin because of. I can't go into it. You just got to know. It's an ugly thing to say. It's an ugly thing. Maybe I shouldn't poke fun at it. The Democrats, as I said in my history, the original races were the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. It was George Wallace blocking the people's segregation. Oh, you can go He's further from, than that, man. The, was he, uh, from here, wasn't he a Democrat? Oh, yeah, but you can go deeper than that. The The founder of the modern Democrat Party is uh, President Andrew Jackson, and you go to the Trail oh, of my. Tears and Death where they relocated Native Americans from their eastern homelands and forced them mm-hmm. to march all the way to Oklahoma and other areas west of the Mississippi. 10,000 died. I've been doing some research that. on that. Uh, lately for an article that I'm writing. And uh, that this is uh, Andrew Jackson, man. And so now the uh, the, the, the Republicans uh, were the remnants of the Whigs. They started out as Republican-Democrat under Jefferson, uh-huh. but then they separated into the Whigs and the Democrats. And, and mm-hmm. then the Whigs went away and became the Republicans. But the ideology is the same because the Democrats... Uh, believe in a a raw democracy, 51%, and you get to rule over the 99%. Republicans believe in a republic where it's not the— Constitutional republic. Right. The 51% don't decide what the law is is the decider. And so all are equal under the law, which is biblical, and that is Mm -hmm. what a republic is. We are a democratic republic, not a democracy. And so what happens if you want to be a democracy, what happens when the majority becomes evil? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so the rules change. The rules change with who the majority is. And this right. is what the Democrats want. So monuments go up. A new group of people take over. Monuments have to come down. History has to be rewritten. rewritten. About, that's that's democracy. Yeah. And this is what happened. Oh, well, Mao Zedong. Robert Byrd, all his stuff got to come down. Well, look at Mao and look at Stalin. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Maoist Revolution, Castro, Pol Pot. You just go around the world, and this is what Democrats do. And these are all Democrats by a different name in a different culture in a different time, but the ideology is the same, which is that there is no God. Therefore, right. you cannot have rights from God. Your rights right. are whatever we who are in authority say they are. And history is not what actually happened. History is what we say happened. We say happened. Right. right. It's, moral, it's relative. And moral things are Everything relative is relative. History. Nothing, not it's even relative. male and female is definite and defined. Imagine you go to the gas pump and you think you're buying 20 gallons of gas, but you're buying 20 units of gas, and the person selling you the gas gets to say what the unit is. 
say I'm not I, today. I might decide to be a woman. And right. The police. I committed a crime last night. Then they got on the news. Uh, this such and such man. And the police come to me. I said, I'm not a man. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Right. No, yeah. You can't have <laughs> civilization if things don't have a fixed meaning. Okay. Right. And so this is this is why Jesus said to these people, which today Jesus would say this to the Democrats, the socialists, the the communists, the uh, fascists, all these different isms that say to the citizenry, you do not have any God-given rights that you were born with. Your rights are whatever we say they are. Jesus would say to them, ye are of your father, the The devil. There is no truth in him. There is no truth in you. He is the father of lies. This this John 844. Okay. I I preached a message called True Freedom, and I was saying in in the intro that true freedom is not a right to do whatever you want to do. No, it it's is not. It's a right not. to do what's right. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because your freedom to do whatever infringes on the next man's freedom. And my freedom ends where your freedom begins. In the Democrat Party, they don't want to accept that because that puts constraints on their thirst for power. And they are really a remnant of Satan who promised when he got kicked out of heaven just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I've got to take a break. What did he say? Okay. I, I'll be back. <laughs> That's I Satan. I'll be back. <laughs> right, look, I enjoyed the conversation, Brother Romney. We're going to take All a break. Right. All right, you be blessed now. We're going to take a break, and we'll have, on the other side of the break, we're going to say hi to Dana from Glen Allen. Uh, if one more person wants to call, the number is 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Up to the sky. Love. 
Whatever's they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. Welcome be, back to the program, you Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet band, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program as we listen to a little bit of Des Ray telling you you got to be bad. You got to be bold. You got to be wise. And uh, we want to welcome to the program uh, Dana from Glen Allen. What's on your mind, Dana? Hello, Dana. Hello, Craig. Yes, yes. What's on your mind you today? Hi, Craig. Great show as always. Thank and, you. And I love, I love that guy saying we're not a daycare. We're a school. Oh, amen to him. Yeah, yeah. We, need, we need more like him. Yes, but, indeed. But some- Something you said got my interest. You were talking about education. As you know, I'm a public school teacher, mm-hmm. and I had a meeting one. And you said, "What did you say?" You said, "We drug them all up when they're in elementary school. Then we turn 18. We expect them not to do drugs." Right, right. A lot yeah. of, and particularly, this is done to boys. The these these snowflake yeah. teachers don't know how to handle the natural energy that a boy will have from time to time, and so the easy because they care more about order and you know stay still and let me pour all my garbage into your brain uh more so than to creatively teach the child uh you know this because you know really they're interested in wind up robots they they love the model of china where everyone is a uh like basically a surf right yeah well let me let me tell you what happened to me one day i was called into a meeting didn't know what was going on and there's a, a a a there's a boy, one of my students, and he was caught smoking marijuana on campus. Mm-hmm. And the meeting was about whether this is related to his disability, because he's supposed to take his meds and self-medicate. So I guess since he didn't have his doctor prescribed drugs, he considered self-medicating as smoking marijuana. How old was he? So he was about 17. Oh, okay. But so, and I thought that's ridiculous, and they didn't they didn't accept that excuse. But in his mind. Heck, you've been drugging with everything else but marijuana, so right. if I didn't have anything else, why not try this? So we're kind of creating this atmosphere that gets him in trouble. Mm-hmm. That this is so, this is what happens, and and you know the sad thing about it, uh, Dana, it's an intergenerational thing. I'm a member of Generation X, and my generation is the most drugged generation. The the uh, the first. Um, what do you call latchkey kids generation? The first generation where almost the whole generation had the mother and the father to have to go to work. The baby boomers generation that preceded our generation, they, for the most part, had the mom at home. Not all, but generationally speaking, you know, they didn't have to go through the things that my generation has had to to go through. And so, and now the uh, millennials. A lot of them, you see them, those that are lost, you can bet they are lost because they have Generation X parents that did not survive what my generation had to go through, you know. And, you know, fortunately for me, I survived it, okay. But as I look around at my generation, my generation was the first generation to have purple hair and a thousand tattoos, okay. And uh, so there's some very, very ugly things that happened uh, intergenerationally when, you, when, when, when society passes the baton from the baby boomers to Gen X and with the millennials coming up behind us. Uh, your thoughts on that? Agreed. Well, I, I, I escaped the, the, the millennials. I'm a baby boomer. And oh, I okay. I see the difference. 
You can see the difference, yeah. And I thank God I'm a baby boomer because I was a handful too, and they probably would have drugged the, the heck out of me when, <laughs> you know, if I was born 10 years later. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So I agree. It's a generational thing, and we see it It's in the schools. That The family life of some of these kids is just it's, it's something to say. It's, it's, it's really terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And, you know, and it's really going to take uh, people exercising the love of Jesus Christ to uh, do as Jesus instructed us, the least of these. And and as he uh, said to someone who claimed, well, when have we not ministered to you, Lord? And he says what? Inasmuch as you have neglected to do this to the least of these, my brethren, you yep. have also neglected to do them unto me. And uh, I appreciate your, your, your input there, Dana. All right, Craig. All right. God Great bless show. you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Take Thank care. you. You too. God Bye. bless you. All right, and we're going to say hi to Joe from Mechanicsville. Joe, what's on your mind there? Hi, this is Paul from Mechanicsville. Oh, Paul from Mechanicsville. Okay, Paul, what's on your mind? Sorry about that. Uh, Brother brother Craig, I listen to you a lot. I I really enjoy your show. First time I've called in. Oh, thank you. And I I, I really wanted to say, you know, I I grew up, uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, a a good Catholic kid in a private Catholic school for a number of years, and the Mm -hmm. last two years of high school I went to a public school mm-hmm. but anyway uh, I, conservatively um, I, you know I, I didn't know anything about prejudice I, I really didn't I mm-hmm. you know we had uh, both races in our in our schools growing up uh, I was at in the school the first year I think it was 1963 when uh, we integrated that public school down in York County but anyway oh, okay. I, I want you to know that now I attend three different Tea Party meetings, and have for a long time. I, I to go to Western Hanover, McCannicksville, and Kate William. Oh, okay. And, you know, there's not one prejudice, bone, or comment, or whatever in any of those areas, not even close. You, you know, know and, I know that because I've, I've spoken at almost every Tea Party, uh, in, certainly in Central Virginia, many throughout Virginia, and, uh, and I just love these people. And, you know, and we really need pushback against this false narrative that Tea Partiers are racists. No, it's no doubt. My thing is, you know, my father came to this country from Germany in 1925, mm-hmm. and there was no bigger flag waver and lover of this country. He wanted just to assimilate, learn the language, and be an American. And think of how many millions and millions of folks have immigrated to this country in the late 1800s, 19s through through 1925, mm-hmm. and even beyond that came from England and Ireland and Scotland, and Italy and Greece and France and right. all these countries. They didn't have slavery they didn't know anything about slavery yeah they came yeah. here and wanted to be americans yeah yeah they wanted so don't to escape. slap all these folks in the face yeah yeah and you know and they and what obama calls them bitter clingers hillary calls the same people a basket of deplorables yeah, I mean, and i'm a deplorable i guess yeah I, I guess i am too i'm a deplorable and an uncle tom i mean it's just it's it's ridiculous it, it, uh, and I played college ball, and we had uh, all we had lots of black athletes been in my teams in the late '60s, you know. And I, I just you, don't carry any for? prejudice. Who, East Carolina. East. What sport? Basketball. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm a pirate. I'm an East Carolina pirate. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can get together and uh, have a little friendly game. I, I look. I used to have game, but I don't know about now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too, brother Craig. 
but but it's it, I, I tell you what, and the thing is, if you keep slapping me in the face and I'm prejudiced and I'm thinking to myself, well, leave me alone. I'm not prejudiced. Yeah. You just can't keep rubbing it in people's face that really aren't prejudiced and expect them not to react. Well, see, quietly as it's kept, this has been this is what uh, Terry McAuliffe wanted. When that guy drove that car through that crowd, he was called uh-huh. there by the Democrats. The setup for the police to stay back was the Democrats to yeah. cause them to have to march through a phalanx of opposing people. Again, a setup by the Democrats. So yeah. they've been pushing people for years, and they've just been hoping that someone would do something like that. So they finally got the death that they they wanted, and that this is not an overstatement. This is the truth. And uh, but last word, I'm one minute to the end of the program. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, and, and historically, what you reviewed a while ago with the uh, Democratic history, those guys were all, all the Democrats were, uh, they started a lot of this uh, race relation yes. uh, stuff. And, and, and you're right on. I, I really appreciate your historical perspective. Oh, Thank okay. you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. All right. That has to be the last word, folks. We're going to see you here next week. Same hatchet time. Same hatchet station. God bless you, Virginia. I send prayers over this state that we would just uh, learn to love each other with the love of Christ. See you next week. Next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the you. Where is the best news and talk? AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer.